Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, COVID-19 had an immediate impact on gatherings. Several agricultural conferences, events and meetings have either been cancelled or switched to a virtual format in order to continue to deliver all that great information to farmers. Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture Crops Extension Specialist Ali Noble is involved with the planning of many of these events. The pandemic certainly changed how those activities were delivered, but she says it wasn't all bad news. In fact, the pandemic taught organizers a lot about what farmers want and how they want to receive that information. Noble says things will eventually return to normal, but it will be a new normal. Manitoba's pork producers applauded the government's passage of new bills designed to enhance the ability of farmers to enforce biosecurity protocols. Prior to adjourning for the summer recess, the Manitoba Legislature passed the Animal Diseases, Petty Trespass and Occupiers Liability Amendment Acts. Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl says this will help to ensure that farmers can protect their animals from biosecurity threats. After the break, Allie Noble. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Allie Noble is a regional crop specialist based out of uh, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And uh, we're going to be talking about how the ministry has handled some of its in-person events, switching to uh, online events during the COVID-19 pandemic, and how that's going to impact how they host certain meetings going uh, into the future. So, Ali, tell us about how these virtual events were received and how it may have impacted attendance. Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch it go over the last year. Um, over the last year, our Crops Extension Specialist Group has hosted over 30 webinars, um, and we have really seen a, a large difference in our numbers over the last year. Like, our two uh, key events, one is Crop Diagnostic School, and the other is Agronomy Research Update, and that's held in December every year. And uh, with CDS last year, we actually saw about 350 register for each day compared to usually we have 100 in person. Um, And for ARU, we saw over 900 registrations for each day of ARU as well. Um, And that's typically we see on a a good year, 200 in person is great. So it's been really neat to see how far we've been able to reach with those numbers and having easy access, having it free and being able to have it online. And I think the feeling was was common that people missed having that in-person uh, contact. It's the, you know, coffees during the break and lunch and having the chance to interact with people is what we've been missing. But this really presented them with an opportunity to register for an event and then maybe just take in whatever presentations were of interest to them. I guess that's kind of tough for you guys to, to see those numbers. Well, it's it's been really uh, it's been really neat with being able to see um, the amount of views we've had on the recording. So I think like over throughout the year, we had about over seven thousand live views on all of our webinars, but we actually saw almost two thousand views on our recordings. So that's just on our uh, webinar page. That's on the SaskatchewanAgriculture.ca. And when you go on there, you can access any recordings that we have on there. Um, So all of the ARU, the CDS, uh, any other webinars we had over the past year, you can access those at any time of day. So in between the trucks or in between loading halls, it all works out. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned 30 events, so that was province-wide? With our online events, it's just online and free to anybody. So we've actually been able to see we've had a huge uptake in Saskatchewan, but as well, we've seen people from Ontario on, Manitoba, Alberta. We've had a couple that are actually out of the country. So it's been really great for expanding that and being able to share some of the great knowledge that we have here in Saskatchewan. Talk about the advantages of online events for people like you that organize these things. Oh, man. It's been an entirely different beast, but it's a heck of a lot easier in some senses. We can plan them quickly, so if some if an issue comes up, we can have it turned around and be able to have those out within a week. Uh, we're able to get speakers from anywhere in the world. We don't have to pay for those travel costs, as you had mentioned before. We're able to offer them free as we're not having coffee or having to rent a building or anything like that. Um, and then as well, it's it's just been really great for people to access them online and anywhere. So. We've loved it in the sense that it's cost-saving, it's easy for us to do on our own, and uh, overall we've seen really good uptake this year. And of course, you know, farmers taking part at their convenience, as you mentioned, uh, sometimes it's, you know, in between grain hauls or just in the evening after you come in and have a shower and you've got some time uh, just to relax for a while. Is that something that you've been hearing a lot from farmers themselves about uh, the online events? Yes, we've had many wonderful comments from guys who are participating. Um, a lot of it has to do with sometimes if we have that event in Saskatoon, it, that requires like three days of somebody's time with travel time, making sure that you have a hotel booked, covering meals and all that kind of stuff. So being able to just log in at night, like after your kids go to bed, it's way easier for people to access that information and still be able to get the education that they need. Allie Noble is a regional crops specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture in Saskatchewan, and we're discussing the impact of the pandemic on meetings and uh, online events. Do you see moving into the future and after the pandemic has passed and we have that ability to gather again, have you had any discussions with people within the ministry about how you're going to handle in-person meetings and if online will be available, and how, how do you see that working? Oh, absolutely. Those are discussions that are still ongoing today. I, I don't think that we could ever go back to the old way. I think, uh, as everybody's been saying, it's going to be a normal, but it'll be a new normal, just with the information we have under our hands. And we're probably more likely to do hybrid events, where we could potentially do partially online and partially in person, um, be able to offer a lot more webinars throughout the winter, hopefully, and potentially have like those dual events where you can you can access whatever you need online, but you're also able to come in person because at the end of the day, the online learning is fantastic. But like you mentioned before, it just never is going to replace that in-person feel and the ability to network and ask questions the same way. We hear so much about rural connectivity. Sometimes it's just not possible for some farmers to be able to sit down and know that they're going to have reliable service, right? So that the in-person gathering is going to be a better option for them for those that are anxious for those learning opportunities correct yeah exactly and even with those it's one of those things where at least we're able to have the recordings online so if they ever do have a good connection if they're visiting their uncle that has a great wi-fi in the city (laughs) then they're able to able to log in there but there are a lot of people who enjoy the in person myself included and i think we're really going to look forward to when we can get back to that 
you've obviously had lots of discussions uh, within, you know, your staff uh, talking about these events and had comments from others. Is there any way for farmers or uh, people in the industry to kind of give their feedback to you about their thoughts about some of the events that were held and how they were held? Is, is there an opportunity for them to do that yet? Oh, absolutely. They can reach out to the crop extension specialists in their agent. And as well as that, if they ever participate in any of our webinars, we always have a, a commenting section and we try and send evaluations out for those bigger events, especially. And we do look through all those evaluations and we do take them into consideration. It's, it's great. And that's how we've been able to grow and fix and get solutions for some of the mm-hmm. issues we've had throughout the past year. But it's been really good so far. One of the major events for the ministry is the Crop Diagnostic School, and that decision has been made already that it will be a virtual event this year. So maybe explain to us what the format will be like. Yeah, so we're going to be following the same format as last year. So it's going to happen over four days. Um, It's scheduled to go July 26th to 29th with 9 a.m. start times for each day. Um, They're going to be roughly about two-hour sessions. Um, and through it, we're going to be covering on July 26th. We'll have Soil Fertility Station and the Compaction Demo. Um, on the Tuesday, we'll have an Insect Station and a Canola Disease Station. And Wednesday, we'll have the Herbicide Injury Station and Weeds. And then on the final day, we'll be covering the Irrigation uh, portion, which will be really great to hear some of the new stuff that's happening in Saskatchewan. And can you tell us who will be presenting or is some of that yet to be determined? Well, I can. there's a couple names here. So we'll have Kelly Turkington, we'll have James Pansy, our provincial entomologist, Ali Reza Akaban, he's our uh, new provincial disease specialist. Um, Charles Geddes will be there, Brianne Tideman, Clark Brenzel. We have, a, we have a lot of great folks that are going to be joining us this year. Great. And uh, how do we register? So actually, you can just go online to Prairie CCA, and you'll be able to find the registration page there on, under their What's New category. But if you're a little more old-fashioned and just want to call somebody to help you sign up, you can call the Ag Knowledge Center at one 457 2377 or you can reach out to your local crops extension specialist as well. Ellie Noble is a regional crop specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture based in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. After the break, Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl talks about three trespass amendment laws that have been passed by the Manitoba Legislature and why they are important to pork producers. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Cam Dahl is the general manager of Manitoba Pork Producers. And the province's pork producers are very pleased with the government's decision to pass some new bills designed to enhance the ability of farmers to enforce biosecurity protocols on their farms. So first of all, Cam, what does passage of these bills change and why are they considered it's so important. They're they're very important to uh, to uh, producers in in Manitoba. Uh, they they help ensure that um, uh, farmers can protect their animals from uh, from biosecurity threats. Uh, we've all we've all seen in the past year and a half uh, on COVID how important biosecurity is, and and that applies to animals as well. So this uh, these two sets of laws will will help strengthen farmers' ability to to uh, keep uh, keep strangers away from uh, from their animals, uh, help to keep their site secure, 
Um, and, uh, you know, frankly, it's, it's not just the animals. It hel- helps uh, keep people safe as well. So, uh, you know, we just wanted to acknowledge the work of, of uh, uh, MLAs on, this, on these important pieces of legislation for Manitoba farmers. What challenges does agriculture face, specifically the pork sector, and um, how do these new bills address some of those concerns? Well, we've seen, um, you know, in, in other jurisdictions where, where activists who, who may not uh, may not appreciate modern agriculture uh, have uh, sat in on on uh, barn facilities um, have uh, prevented transportation of animals uh, and that really is is putting uh, putting livestock and, and people at risk uh, you know everybody everybody is is open to, to have have their own point of view we we welcome the discussion um, but it's important to ensure that that farmers can can keep their their animals safe um, and keep uh, keep that biosecurity uh, profile secure. How have attitudes changed towards biosecurity, and how does this legislation accommodate those changes in attitudes and priorities? Yes, it's it's over time we've really found uh, found how important it is with uh, diseases like African swine fever, for example, and and you see the devastation that that is causing in both Europe as well as Asia, uh, and we need to ensure that that those diseases are are kept out of our uh, kept out of our herds, um, and uh, those aren't the only ones. Uh, you know, the uh, there's there's uh, uh, diarrheas, uh, the, for example, that that can come in in herds and really the key is good biosecurity Uh, and this legislation helps with that helps assure farmers that they can protect their animals um, by by keeping keeping outsiders out uh, and uh, helping to uh, to ensure that that animals are not exposed to to disease brought in from uh, from those who may not be following the uh, the correct biosecurity procedures. What is at stake in all of this, both for the pork producer as well as for the consumer? Well, I you know with. Manitoba is is fortunate to to have a very productive agriculture sector and uh, really contributes uh, to the economy and uh, pork for example it's over 1.7 billion dollars a year is contributed by the pork industry um, every job in in hog production produces five five other jobs down down the line so it's important to the economy. It's it's an it's a really important industry to, to every Manitoban. Uh, but even beyond beyond that is is for the individual uh, individual producer. Um, if uh, if if something like African swine fever were were to come, uh, you know that would result in in herds being destroyed. Uh, and not only is that a financial loss it would it would also be an enormous uh, mental health toll on on the the producers involved so from from an economic point of view from the province as a whole uh, protecting the livelihoods of individual producers as well as that mental health perspective we have to work to uh, to keep these diseases away from Manitoba hawks. Cam Dahl is the general manager of Manitoba Pork Producers. 
It's time for the weekly agriculture news roundup for the week of May 31st, 2021. The future of business risk management programs will be discussed in the coming months. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie Claude Bebo launched a federal consultation process for the next agricultural policy framework. It's a wide-ranging federal-provincial agreement to replace the current five-year, $3 billion Canadian Agricultural Partnership. The consultations will gather information from farmers, processors, women in agriculture, youth, Indigenous communities, environmental organizations, and small and emerging subsectors. Consultations begin this month and will continue through the spring. The current CAP agreement expires March 31, 2023. Farm equipment sales were strong in Canada following a good year for crop production and prices in 2020. The pandemic helped to boost worldwide demand for grain. John Schmeiser is the CEO of the Western Equipment Dealers Association. He said the supply chain remains under pressure to meet farm equipment demand, with 60% of dealer members reporting that they have ordered more equipment for 2021. Schmeiser said total tractor sales in Canada rose 81% between March 2020 and March 2021. He said those numbers were huge and are expected to continue strong for the remainder of the year. A group representing prairie grain growers is opposed to the removal of supply management terms in future trade agreements. Western Canadian Wheat Growers President Gunter Johum said Bill C-216 would make it difficult for negotiators. He said the bill would tie hands of negotiators and result in further trade disputes. The federal government has set a goal of increasing Canadian agriculture exports from $55 billion in 2015 to roughly $85 billion in 2025. Yoham said the 55% is attainable if the federal government supports the agriculture sector. The Brandt Group of Companies announced it would be creating over 1,000 new jobs this year. These jobs will be in the fields of IT, sales, and different trades. Brandt's agriculture division includes grain augers, grain belt conveyors, grain carts, grain vacs, grain bagging and unloading equipment, and heavy harrows. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association said beef prices were higher and live cattle prices recovered. Dennis Laycraft said the day and a half shutdown due to a cyber attack at GBS will mean that the company will be able to catch up. But if it would have gone on longer, it would have had more of an impact. However, at this stage, Laycraft sees minimal impact for both the consumer and the market. He said the sooner they can clean that up, the better the forecast is for all prices, as they are largely based on the U.S. market. Some new money will support the expansion of irrigation projects in Saskatchewan. The government announced a change to the Irrigation Development Program to support projects that are ready for construction to be completed in the next two years. It will help to advance projects in areas outside of the Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Expansion Project. Viterra is making matching donations to Food Banks of Saskatchewan in the month of June. Food Bank of Saskatchewan Executive Director Lori O'Connor said it's an exciting venture where money collected through the Grow Your Donation with Viterra will be distributed to 36 food banks across Saskatchewan. And she said donors also have the ability to direct their donation directly to one of the registered food banks.
Manitoba's pork producers were applauding the government's passage of new bills designed to enhance the ability of farmers to enforce biosecurity protocols. Prior to adjourning for summer recess, the Manitoba legislature passed the Animal Diseases, Petty Trespass and Occupiers Liability Amendment Acts. Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl said this will help ensure that farmers can protect their animals from biosecurity threats. 900 elementary students at four urban schools in Saskatchewan enjoyed breakfast from the farm. The children, teachers and staff got a hot egg sandwich and a bag of goodies. Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan partnered with Egg in the Classroom for the project. Poultry and Egg on-Farm Investment Program is now accepting applications. The program will provide roughly $647 million over 10 years to help producers increase efficiency or productivity, respond to consumer preferences, improve on-farm safety, biosecurity or environmental sustainability. The federal government will contribute up to 70% for the project's costs, 85% for young farmers. The programs provide compensation to supply managed sectors for market access concessions made under the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.